with a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the marquee games for week eight across the NFL, including the Sunday and Monday nighters. Also, Andy's going to offer up his delicious sandwich game, and I'm going to toss in a money line Matty pick as well. But first, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy the Prognosticator Attridge. How are you doing, buddy? I'm a kid in a candy store, dude. It's Halloween. Happy Halloween, Matthew. Ah, humbug. Yes, Matt, Matt, just in case our listeners do not know, I'm a huge fan of the Halloween. Matty, not so much, or shall I paraphrase, not at all? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Cannot stand it. It's garbage. Yeah. So anyway, I'll do my best to celebrate the season. Matty can be the old man on the porch telling kids to get off his lawn, the curmudgeon. Why would anyone do drugs when they could just mow a lawn? Hey, let's go back to last week for a second. Do we give a tip of the hat to Tom Brady for throwing his 600th regular uh, season career touchdown pass against your Bears? Yeah, you got to. I mean, 600 regular season career passing TDs. That is that is an unbelievable record. Uh, apparently that ball was worth about a half a million dollars to sports enthusiasts and Mike Evans just handed it off. No, you cannot do that, Mike. Mike, that's Mike. the only 600 touchdown. That, he has one of one right there. Wait a minute. Wait, did he give it to Mike Evans' brother? He had that Evans jersey on. Somebody's got to go get that football back. And Tom Brady traded that half million dollar ball for, I don't know, a couple of hockey sticks and a, uh, a signature, I think. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're you going to have to give up something to get that ball back. That's for sure. I don't know what Evans was thinking. I guess he wasn't. He was just like, woo, scored a touchdown. Well, how would he not know that that's not his 600th touchdown? Like everyone else in the whole stadium knew. I would assume that's something that's talked about in the locker room, too. Like peop- like they were talking about that all week in the media. So you, I think it was just a brain fart on, on behalf of Evans, but uh, an expensive brain fart, that's for sure. Yeah, Brady! He's awesome. I can't believe Giselle gets to sleep with him. How about what happened in Baltimore with um, some dude trying to get into the press box uh, looking for a drink? Yeah, <laughs> as if there's not enough, like, vendors in a stadium. Peanut! Cracker Jack! Ice cold beer! I think it was Jerry Sandusky had the, uh, was doing the calling. Four-yard line, again, impressive coverage by what, what, Anthony Avery. What are you doing? What are you doing? If you were listening, you heard Femi say, what are you doing? What are you doing? He was not talking to the players or the coaches. We actually had a fan who was trying to climb into the broadcast booth. She said, I'm a veteran and I'm looking for a drink. Yeah, I don't serve uh, drinks at the game. I might make some cocktails at home, but this is not the right time or place. You just never know what's going to pop up or who's going to show up on game day. Hey, you got to like the fans in Baltimore. Also, uh, well, it is Halloween, and just before we fire it up, uh, maybe we should go to the top five things that have been overheard in the NFL locker rooms this week. Number five. Sam Darnold has that look on his face again. Seen ghosts. Number four. Hey, there's Ron Jeremy dressed up like Gardner Minshew. Number three. Can someone please tell John Gruden 
that he's not fooling anyone with that white sheet? Knees, head, knees, head. Number two. Wow. Deshaun Watson is really pushing it with that Bill Cosby costume. Now you will get ready for the Zim Zam and the Babbity Bibbity, and you will take off your clothes like voo and voom and get ready for the most splendiferous pudding pop you have ever seen. And now, the number one. Why is Mike McCarthy dressed up like a bathroom stall with a waist high peephole? I want me some glory ho. Right on, buddy. Should we fire it up? Yeah, Matt, let's fire it up. Are you ready? It's time! Let's fucking go! All right, up next we go to Cleveland, where the Browns play host to division rival Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Browns are three and a half point favorites at home with a 42 and a half over under. And the Steelers have lost two straight games now to the Browns. Uh, that includes the playoffs, obviously. Uh, Pittsburgh hasn't lost three straight to Cleveland since 1986 to 1989. Yeah, Matty, this is a rematch of last year's playoff game. And do you think Mike Tomlin had been thinking about that in the offseason, losing to the Browns in the postseason? A little bit. Is the Pope Catholic and making the world safe for pedophiles? Yeah. Oh, Mike Tomlin doesn't forget, but does he have the team that can compete? Like last week showed us, well, Ernest Johnson showed us that the Browns know how to scout running backs. And even with the absence of Chubb and Hunt, they could still pound that ball. That's a testament to their offensive line as well. I, With Pittsburgh's defense being was what it is, I just see the Browns, regardless of who's at quarterback, just chewing clock and uh, really just wearing down that Pittsburgh defense over an entire game. And they're at home. Well, I mean, I, I could have run 100 yards behind that offensive line last week. And kudos to Ernest Johnston, you know, who made his national breakout night, who kind of reminded us of a guy named Ernest Biner, the all-pro running back for the Browns back in the 80s and the early 90s. Case Keenum looked pretty good against his old team in Denver. He was throwing some timely passes. What I'll give uh, Keenum is because he had the running game working, the defense had to respect it. And as when he was rolling out and, and doing his, his play-action passing, guys were getting open. The defense has to respect that running game. Yeah, I'm not sure if uh, seeing Baker Mayfield back in the lineup is really an upgrade to that. I think Mayfield has better timing with his receivers. I'm not saying that Mayfield's the best quarterback in the league by far, but I think he has a much better timing and rhythm with his receivers. Yeah, but is he going to be 100% healthy? I know he's not. Um, and you're right. He has a, that chemistry that they've developed. I, I, I know for, for sure that having Nick Chubb in the backfield is definitely an upgrade in the lineup. Tell us something we don't know, motherfucker. Um, you know, the Steelers were an offensive fumble away from losing to Seattle, a team that didn't have Russell Wilson or their two top running backs. But they're off a much-needed buy. I didn't see any offensive linemen acquired in those two weeks, though, so I'm not sure what's going to be different on that front. But can that front seven handle uh, the offensive line for Cleveland? And let's keep in mind that their center might be out for this game, their starting center. You know, the Steelers are in the top 10 when it comes to third down conversions. I, I, I can see, I can see um, 
the Browns become becoming one dimensional again and not having to rely on banged up Jarvis Landry, the often absent Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, and Joku's their top top receiver. He's their go to guy, and he was almost written off last year. Um, the Browns are three and one at home, bud. I, I the Browns are three and one at home, and I, I'm with you. Even if they do get one dimensional, if you can't, they like they proved last week. They weren't doing a lot of passing. If if you could just run the ball, you can win games, especially if your defense is as good as their defense is. They are good. I just, you know, you mentioned this last week. On a divisional game, anything more than a, your standard issued three-point spread, I, I got to go with the Steelers here. I think they can make a game of this and keep it under three and a half. It's only a 42 and a half point uh, total. And Mike Tomlin's going to have a few tricks up his sleeve. And I think Chase Claypool is going to play a big role in this game. Our guy from Notre Dame. Yeah, go Irish. I mean, Najee Harris, you got to give him a little bit of uh, love as well. He's the third rookie back. This whole, the whole success for this game uh, for the Steelers relies upon him at least getting 100 yards from the line of scrimmage. Uh, well, he's the third rookie running back in the Super Bowl era with 60-plus rush yards per game and 40-plus receiving yards per game. And each of the previous two won Rookie of the Year. Now, I'm going to... It's trivia time. Okay. So Najee Harris is the third running back in the Super Bowl era with 60-plus rush yards, 40-plus receiving yards per game. The first one, Saquon Barkley. Really? Who was the other? Alvin Kamara? No, you got to go back, back to when we were kids. When we were kids, buddy. Marshall Falk? Nah, farther. Ooh, um, Marcus Allen. Winner, Ganyo. Yes, you nailed it You're right there. And, and and by the way, kudos to you for nailing it because had I not seen that, I would never have guessed it. Was it Marcus Allen? It, yeah, Marcus Allen. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why that popped into my head, but I can see him doing it. But that Number is a two. fantastic company as a rookie to be in. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I, I, so you're going to be taking the Steelers, I guess, eh? As long as it stays over a field goal, I am, yeah. Yeah, I can't. I'm, I'm going to go with the Browns here. They're 3-1 and one at home, and uh, they, they look really good. I don't think that uh, Pittsburgh can compete. Oh, really? I thought you was laying. I was laying? No, no, I'm taking it. I was taking it. You sure? I'm positive. Well, I'm a little confused. You're a little confused? Maybe if I stick your fucking face through uh, this window over here, like, you know, you'll, you'll get unconfused. Give me the fucking money. This is Johnny Unitas of the Baltimore Colts. Let's go, you Colts. Next to Middle America we go. Indianapolis is at home against the Tennessee Titans. Indy, one and a half point favorites at Lucas Oil Stadium. And uh, well, we were—I was just saying right before we did this segment how you know I love it when stupid people move the line. This was at uh, Indy minus one. Now it's Indy minus one and a half, and I can't figure this one out. No, it was—it started at Tennessee minus one. And then it bounced over to Indy minus one. Now it's one and a half. 
And I almost needed my reading glasses to. I was like, "What? Who, who's favored here? Like Tennessee beat the Chiefs and the Bills in the last two weeks." I think there was a guy named Rodney Dangerfield that said, "I don't get no respect." Well, that's the story of my life. No respect. I, I, I don't really get the line, but you know, for all that we shit on him, I got a trivia question for you. How many INTs has Carson Wentz thrown this season? He has not thrown an interception this season. Um, He's actually thrown one. Oh, he threw. That's right. It's Bizarro World NFL. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, the running back, has scored a touchdown in each of the last four games. They went from struggling against the pass to now struggling against the run. And guess what? Derrick Henry's on the other side of the ball. He's got 869 yards so far in seven games. Number two on that list is the aforementioned Jonathan Taylor with almost 300 fewer at 579. So I I just can't figure this line out. Um, No, Tennessee's the ultimate road team, right? They play road football. Pound the ball with a punishing back. He like it kills me. This guy has got like the power of Christian Okoya and the dexterity of like Bo Jackson. Bo, you don't know Diddley. It is unbelievable watching him, you know, just go through defenses every week. And Indy's got a pretty good defense, but they are going to be working hard just to contain this guy. I I don't know if you can keep him under a hundred this year. Well, they well the last time they played, they kept him 113, which I guess by Derrick Henry standards is a pretty good containment. That's a win. <laughs> That's a win. But I just I, I I've watched this guy play in the last few weeks, almost the entire game, and you can't stop him. I'm sorry, it just can't. Nope. So all right, remove him from the equation. You got Ryan Tannehill and Carson Wentz. And if you're going to call it a coin flip on the on the spread, I'm taking Tannehill. Well, like you said about Wentz, he's only throwing one pick, but we both went to Laurier's School of Economics and know that everything eventually reverts to the mean. Yep. <laughs> Carson Wentz will revert to the mean. You're not going to eat man. Yes! <laughs> and uh, Indy also, they're not that great at Lucas Oil Field this year. Um they're one and two at home. Tennessee's two and one on the road. Like I said, they play road football. And their defense has really stepped it up the last couple of weeks, both against the Bills and the Chiefs. I, I'm going with uh, the Titans, not only with the spread, but man, I'm making them another money line Matty pick. I'm riding them this week. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you know, th- throw that game out against the 49ers last week where they scored 30 points in torrential rains. It was weather that uh, the Bay Area hadn't seen in a long time. But I'm, I'm riding the Derrick Henry boss uh, until it stops. I'm sorry. I just, you know, the guy's on a roll, and he single-handedly occupies the box scores. And until I see that bus come to a stop or someone being able to stop him, I'm I'm – I'm going with the Tennessee Titans on this one. When you come in against Derrick Henry, you better go low. Do not stand up with that man and let him just throw you out of the club.
Up next, we go to L.A., where the Chargers, coming off a bye week, get to stay at home, and they are playing the New England Patriots, who got to come all the way across the country to visit. The Chargers are, uh, well, five-and-a-half-point favorites, 48 or over-under on the game. And, uh, well, Bill Belichick and the Patriots are 9-2 and two versus opponents coming off a bye in the last 10 seasons. And we always talk about coaching, and I got to give it to Belichick. He is making the cat's ass lemonade out of some lemons that he's been given as he always does next man up that's their philosophy um you know i'm not a trends guy maddie but i am a history guy the chargers have not beaten the patriots since when october the 12th 2008 and i'll tell you who the two quarterbacks were at that time matt castle and philip rivers George W. Bush was president. I'm the decider. Same-sex marriage was illegal in Sweden. Ready? First, they make it for the jackalooting. First, they get the slicey-dicey for making the pumpkin gooch. You know, it's one thing to look at New England scoring 54 points, and then you realize it was the Jets with Mike White at quarterback, with no C.J. Mosley on defense. The charge is going to be a little bit different. Herbert is no longer rookie fodder for the hoodie. And the Patriots kind of have a pedestrian offense at best, but they seem to be making it work. And they've been competitive in three of its four losses this season. They lost to overtime to Dallas. They lost by two points to the Super Bowl winning Tampa Bay Buccaneers and one point to division rival Miami Dolphins. The Bolts, yes, indeed, as you mentioned, are off a bye, and they were bee-stung by the Baltimore Ravens from two weeks ago, and they lost, what was it, 34-6. to Only one of two games that they haven't covered the spread in the past 10. Well, yeah, the Chargers, I, I, I can't see Justin Herbert has never lost to the same team twice in his career. I find that stat pretty interesting. He's 5-0, and 13 pass touchdowns, zero interceptions versus teams he's previously lost to. Yeah, but he's only played in the league for a year and a half, so that kind of makes sense. Well, still a decent uh, sample size, 5-0. and Okay. Against teams he's previously lost. That means he lo- what I What that tells me as a guy who's going to watch game film, is this guy learns from his mistakes, so I better learn Mm -hmm. some new tricks. However, he's playing a guy that always has new tricks in Belichick, right? That's the thing that... And the one thing I will say, and I know you're going to be uh, harping on this as well, is you got to give it to Damian Harris, uh, the running back for the, the Pats this year. The Pats have been running the ball very well. Well, they started off not doing that very well, but in the past three games, they've averaged over 131 yards. And they're doing it sort of by committee, but as you mentioned, with Damian Harris leading the charge, what I like is their tight end, Hunter Henry. Great acquisition, by the way, from mm, the Chargers. And he's got a touchdown in each of the last four games. Um, The Chargers, the new coach, Brandon Staley, He's sort of developed a reputation for aggressive play calling, uh, specifically fourth down tries. They're behind only Dan Campbell and the Lions, Kevin Stefanski and the Browns for going for it. You know, he's got this no risk it, no biscuit kind of philosophy. And I'm not sure if that's going to match up well against the hoodie. Because if he gets shut down a couple times on some questionable calls, the hoodie will jump all over it. This is a big spread as far as I'm concerned. 
five and a half. I, I, I'm not exactly sure. Um, yes, New England does not have Tom Brady. I get it. Chargers have a good quarterback now. I get it. But with five and a half points in my pocket with Bill Belichick, I'm going to take it. Well, the Chargers are allowing 162 and a half rushing yards per game this season. That's actually the most in the NFL. So they're going to definitely have to tighten that up. If they if they want any chance, uh, they got to shut down the run and try to make Mac Jones beat them. And he can. And he can. He, he could. Uh, the Chargers could. have a pretty good D. Uh, when they it do. comes to the pass, right? So I would rather be going having the rookie quarterback who's bound to make a few more mistakes. No, but I'm, that's why I'm saying that Hunter Henry is going to play a factor. Like dump off to tight ends. Of course, and, that well, yeah. that's that's okay. That's standard Patriots football. Like Bill Belichick is the king of discretion. Is the better part of valor, right? He'll take his deep yep. shots when he can, but he'll check down to a. a a tight end to a running back any day of the week if it means a completion in three more yards right so i just it's really tough to go against the chargers offense uh man they are good and i i am tired of hearing about how the the pats are two and oh on the road this year those wins were against the jets and the texans so like they like come on those are if there was relegation in the NFL as a Bears fan I'm happy that there's the Jets and the Texans because at least well, that- they would be in the third league yeah in the in yeah exactly Ted Lasso would be coaching those guys I always figured the tea was just gonna taste like hot brown water and you know what I was right yeah it's horrible no thank you welcome to England you're taking you're taking the Pats eh all the way across the country you're gonna take them I am okay well I'm going with the Chargers the Los Angeles Superchargers charge! And another later afternoon game for Sunday, we head to the Big Easy, where the New Orleans Saints play host to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. New Orleans, four and a half point underdogs at home. 51 is the over-under. And, uh, man, after watching the Saints lay that egg against the Shithawks Monday night last week, I really do not have much faith in their offense. They couldn't do shit against that Seahawks defense, which is basically like Swiss cheese. Matt, you watched the game. Both of us have played in games where you have torrential rains. Just throw, this, throw, throw the box scores out. It doesn't matter. You're going to drop passes you're gonna miss your receivers it's it's a totally different style of game i i'm not yeah they won should they have won maybe you know i i I like i love the fact that they're off a win that they may not have deserved on the road and now they're back at home um we'd also be remiss on halloween you know, not to mention the Saints, the voodoo capital of the nation, a.k.a. the Big Easy, a.k.a. the Crescent City, a.k.a. New Orleans. Their football team is literally named after dead people. I see dead people. And speaking of dead people, or at least dead from the neck up, Jameis Winston. hi Through for 220 yards, right? 222. You're not bad, but, you know, you consider that weather. However, 128 of those were to running back Alvin Kamara, who also had 51 on the ground. So three times, almost three times as many yards receiving as he had rushing. 
And it's a good thing he can catch the ball because the Bucs are number one against the run, allowing 67 yards a game. However, I can see Jameis being able to get the ball downfield against this defense that's allowing 265 yards per game in the air. Um, this is just one of those weird spots that I think that New Orleans shows up at home against, again, the Super Bowl winning Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they've got a good script to put together, and I think their defense holds. I really do. I'm, um, I know that your Bears have a good defense. They certainly didn't show it last week. Absolutely not. Well, they were on the field the whole game. (laughs) So that was, yeah, that was really more, yeah, that was a result of Justin Fields not doing his job. Um, So you can't fault them too much. Uh, Tom Brady threw four touchdowns, I think, on like 16 completions or 15 completions. It was crazy. Yeah, I don't I don't think he really, just like you were saying, throw out the results, you know, of the torrential rains. Last yeah. week, that was an outlier. The Bears just, uh, there was, I uh, Justin Fields didn't do his job. There was absolutely nobody on the Bears that did their job. And in fact, the front af- office hasn't done their job in years. That's why we're in this fucking predicament. But I digress. The, um, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to lean with you on this game as, uh, Jameis Winston is excellent at home. He's got 138 passer rating at home this season. That's the highest among qualified quarterbacks at home. Uh, the one problem I do have is that the Saints' defensive ranking, I think, is a little overinflated. They got the number two ranked defense overall. But listen to their last five opponents. The Seahawks without Russ Wilson, the Washington football team, the Giants, the Pats, and the Panthers. So not really a murderer's role well, of offenses it, it, there either. But I would say that the Panthers... The Pats and, you know, even the G-Men show up on defense every now and then. Um, yeah, but I was talking about the offenses, right? Because the Saints well, have the number two ranked defense. Yeah, yeah. But, of course, that's a function of who they play. And I know you can only play who's on your schedule, but when you have shit on your schedule, it's really hard to really get a beat on how good you are. That being said, dude, uh, Tom Brady, and you and I talk about coaching a lot. Sean Payton's a guy that I love. I find that he's just like Belichick, where he can get the most out of whatever you give him. And I think that's why Brady has a 2-3 and three record versus the Saints in his career, in the Sean Payton era, that is. Um, and that's his worst record versus any team in that span. And I think that's just a testament to how good Sean Payton is at putting together a game plan. I see another one of those. I see the voodoo coming into effect i'm saying who that damn dare saints they're my last money line maddie pick this week oh oh i love it you're getting in the spirit of halloween man including that voodoo i got some voodoo that you do for you do yeah i'm taking the saints too man
And one more game to discuss just before we hit prime time. And for that, we head to the Windy City where my Chicago Bears, the team that hurts my feelings every weekend, <laughs> is at home against the San Francisco 49ers. The Bears are three and a half point underdogs. A 40 is your over under. Not expecting a lot of scoring. Uh, you know, as I said, you know, I'm sitting over here with my hurt feelings, Andy. So perhaps you should start off. So Chicago on Halloween, would that be the monsters of the midway, Matthew? Right now, it's more like masturbators on the midway. Well, everyone saw the 49ers get their asses handed to them by the Colts on Sunday night in the pouring rain. What it's done for that organization is amplified the quarterback controversy. The coaches are being questioned on a level that that particular group hasn't seen yet. And next week, they play their division rivals and so far undefeated the Arizona Cardinals, meaning it's an almost wise guys sandwich game. What are you? An idiot sandwich. To be sure, they're on a four game losing skid and many are on the proverbial hot seat. You know what I saw? You know what? Sorry. Let me rephrase that. You know what I didn't see last week against Indy? They didn't have that look, that killer instinct, and they were just going through the motions. Now, one notable exception was the rookie, uh, uh, the running back, Eli Williams, out of Louisiana College, who rushed for a buck seven with a major to boot. He looked dialed in, but apparently looked like a minority of one on the team. You know, the game will be at one o'clock, which is buried amongst seven other games. This is not going to be picked up nationally by any other major network. No one's going to be hounding the players for tickets. It's all that no one's talking about. I suppose if Jimmy G doesn't get the nod, we could talk about maybe two rookie quarterbacks squaring off against each other. But the 49ers last year was an anomaly with injuries. But after a while, you just can't keep using that as an excuse. Like Kittle gets hurt often. The reason why they took Trey, uh, Trey Lance as a third pick is because Jimmy G gets hurt often. I don't know, Maddie. Uh, what do you think? Well, what I think is uh, I'm, I'm about as angry as, at my team as you are yours. <laughs> so it's, I, I, I see this as a, as a game of uh, two teams playing against each other that are kind of fumbling the ball. Um, Chicago, the reason why I think that they can cover this spread at home is uh, this is the kind of game where they'll win because, you know, Matt Nagy's going to pull off like a close to 500 season to keep his well, job because that's going to be even on the sidelines with the COVID protocols. I don't think so. Well, it doesn't matter. We talked about Juju and his bad Juju's all over. His fingerprints are all over that crap. He is... Like, I mean, I thought Mark Trestman was the worst thing that ever happened to the Bears. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty close. They fired fucking Lovey Smith for a 10 and 6 season. Yeah, I know. Lovey was- went 10 and 6. He gets canned. But this dipshit that they got right now, I what what does he have to do to get fired? I have no idea, but they're gonna win just enough games to keep this dipshit in his office for another year. So let's uh you know, I may as well have something to root for. So go Bears. Well, do you think, I think we're going to see the players, excuse me, the players sort of show up and elevate their game for uh, Bill Lazor, uh, who's now been 
the interim head coach uh, in COVID protocols for Matt Nagy. But the 49ers, again, unless I see that killer instinct back in in their eyes, and I don't, um, you know, I, with a three-and-a-half-point spread, I'm going to have to take the Bears. While the 49ers are not busy studying game film or taking extra reps in practice, I'm going to invite the 49ers to go down to Manny's Cafeteria and Delicatessen on South Jefferson Street, hailed as Chicago's finest deli. Taste a bit of history with the famous corned beef, sliced thinly to perfection and served on a bread or a roll along with a pickle spear. I'm going with the bears, Matthew. If you were going to eat a sandwich, you would just enjoy it more if you knew no one had fucked it. Well, it's Saturday night and I just got paid. Feel about my money, don't try to save. My heart said go, go. Have a time for Saturday night and I feel fine. Gonna rock it up. And finally, Monday night, we had to Kansas City where the struggling. Struggling. Kansas City Chiefs are facing off against the New York Giants. Kansas City, nine and a half point favorites at home. 52s, you're over under. And, uh, you know, the G-Men, they have been bad this year, but not as bad as their record indicates. They could still put up some points. They could still play some defense. The Chiefs, on the other hand, they are probably doing the least with the most amount of talent in the NFL. That's a good, that's an apt way of putting it, Matt. I like that. Um, and that would that would that would speak to like a malaise throughout the organization or something. And no, Andy Reid, I didn't say mayonnaise. I said <laughs> malaise. <laughs> Diabetes. Uh, you know, the, the the Super Bowl hangover is real, especially you know for teams that that have lost it. Um, you know that obviously qualifies the Chiefs for last year and the year before. It was uh, shit. Who was it? I don't know. Some losers. No, my 49ers, and I've gone to a lot of therapy sessions to make me forget that. Um, and it was the Rams the year before. That's right. Uh, so let's get all that straight. I the, This is exactly a scenario where the Giants are fucking sneaky, man. They will come in there and they'll just, mm, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I love the spread when it was uh, double digits. But my God, Mahomes took a big hit. Like, I don't know if you saw that one, Matty. Oh, he got, he, oh, that was ugly. Yeah, I I don't know if he's going to be right for this one. Dude, he looked uh, like he got hit by Gennady Golovkin. Like his, oh, the the eyes double, like were glassy and he was all, hey, hey, how you doing? And no, no, the Giants, you know, they lost a couple games before because they had like every single wide receiver on the injured on the injured list. And now they've got a couple of those guys back. I know they don't have Saquon Barkley, but they just seem to be finding ways to, you know, keep the clock moving. Danny Dimes is, is hitting guys. And, you know, their defense, no one talks about their defense because they're just slightly better than mediocre, but they've been like that for the last few years. And Kansas City has taken such a dramatic step back with Mahomes doing really untimely and un-Mahomes-like interceptions. Uh, no Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. We know that. That happened last week. Uh, they scored a total of three points. Great. 
I think that I think that the Giants can actually keep this thing closer than nine and a half. I really do. I, I you know, on prime time, um, you know, they got nothing to lose. I can see them pulling, like doing what Detroit did last week against the Rams. Um, you know, onside kicks, fake punts, all that, the, all that neat stuff. I think the Giants can actually uh, pull one out here, and in terms of covering the spread. Yeah, I agree that uh, I think the New York Giants are uh, pulling out, and I think they're going to shoot their mayonnaise all over Casey's face. I am taking the Giants as well. That is a disgusting act. Finally, we got the teaser, and uh, just like the name implies, Andy and I both give you a teaser we want to get down on this weekend. Andy, you first. What do you like? Well, my first one, uh, we have to go on the road for, but we do cover two key numbers, three and seven, and that's your Tennessee Titans. And uh, pick it up to plus seven and a half against the Colts. Second leg of the teaser is a home one. And all we're asking the New Orleans Saints to do is not lose by double digits to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think both can happen. So Tennessee plus seven and a half, New Orleans plus 11. Well, for the first leg of my teaser, I want to head to Kansas City, uh, where the Chiefs uh, are at home to the G-Men. And the G-Men, I want to take them from plus nine and a half to plus 15 and a half. That moves through the key numbers of 10 and 14. And then uh, for my second leg of the teaser, I'm going to go to Minnesota where the Vikes are at home against the Cowboys and take the Vikes from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half going through the key numbers of three and seven. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Thank you for listening to week eight of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud, and then you won't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our website, almostwiseguys.com, for additional content and picks from all week eight games across the NFL. From the Cosa Nostra studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Bullard. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bat time on the same bat channel. Sayonara. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise. And suddenly, to my surprise, he did the mash. He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. From my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires peace. The ghouls all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in a flash. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. Oh. The zombies were having fun. In a the party had just begun. In a the guests included Wolfman, in a Dracula, and his son. Oh. The 
scene was Rocky over digging the sounds Igor on chains back by his baying hounds The coffin bangers were about to arrive With their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five They played the match They played the monster match The monster match It was a graveyard smash They played the match It got on in a flash They played the match They played the monster match Out from his coffin rack's voice did ring Seemed he was troubled by just one thing Opened the lid and shook his fist and said Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the mash It's now the monster mash The monster mash And it's a graveyard smash It's now the mash It's caught on in a flash It's now the mash It's now the monster mash Now everything's cool, Drax's a part of the band And my monster mash is the hit of the land For you, the living, this mash was meant to When you get to my door, tell them what it said Then you can mash Then you can monster mash The monster mash And do my graveyard smash Then you can mash You'll catch on in a flash Then you can mash Then you can monster mash Monster Mash! 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 Mon